Welcome to Charter School Conversations, a weekly podcast for the Utah Charter School community. I'm your host, Gina James, with the Utah Association of Public Charter Schools. We'll do a little board training, have conversations with charter school leaders, and touch on issues that affect us all. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. I'm here with Denver and Casey Hansen. They have a family that has chosen charter schools. And so we would love to have a conversation and find out why, what they like about their charter school, and just get a sense of maybe helping you if you're looking for a school for your children, some of the things that have helped them to know the right school for them. So let's start with you, Casey. Can you describe your family, explain your children and um, their ages now and kind of what their experiences been in charter schools, if they're in currently or out of charter schools, what's going on? <laughs> we have three children. Our oldest is our oldest daughter. She is almost 18 years old, graduated from high school and is going on to college. She started at a charter school at Mountainville Academy in fourth grade, and she completed through sixth grade before she moved on to middle school. We have a ninth grader son who has started started at kindergarten at Mountainville and will finish in ninth grade at Mountainville. And then we have a nine-year-old son who is entering fourth grade this year who started in kindergarten also and will most likely go all the way through as well. Great. So what made you choose a charter school um, over a district school? Because, you know, it sounds like your daughter started at a district school and then switched over to a charter. She, we actually started at a private school. Oh, okay. And so when... Christian be- was old enough to enter kindergarten. The expense of two in, in a private school kind of made us think, rethink our options. And we decided one, the, one of the big pulls was that it was the same math program that the private school is using, that Mountainville is using. So Christian was able to get in, and because of the sibling priority, Anya was able to get into fourth grade. So we really, math was a consideration, small class sizes was a consideration. I have been a public school teacher. I was just about to say, talk a little <laughs> bit about math and why that was so important to you. <laughs> well, it was nice because the public, the private school really pushed a year ahead in math. And so we really wanted it to be a seamless transition. Math is, you know, the programs can be different. And so it can be a little bit of a difficult transition when you move to a new school. So that was a, a plus. I feel like English it doesn't matter the program you're using because English is English and it's taught pretty much the same way. Having come from a public school teaching background, I knew the class sizes are very large and needs don't always get met depending on what levels you are. And so we really, we looked at our options and Mountainville was the best choice for us. So how did you even hear about charter schools? Were you familiar with them as a public school teacher or was that something that you just when you were looking for different educational opportunities? As a public school teacher, charter schools were a little bit looked down upon. <laughs> um, and sometimes still are, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> there, there, was a, there was misinformation spread, mm. I feel, uh, going in, coming from public school. Just some of the, the just misinformation that people would say in in the district roles or in the principal roles that made me a little leery of charter schools. But my sister and her husband were the founding, one of the founding families at Mountainville. And so we had heard more from them about Mountainville. So we had a little bit more information than maybe someone who is still just starting to look. 
So Denver, when you were talking about some of those opportunities, you know, having Christian going to kindergarten, you had an older daughter, what was your feeling about, about a charter school versus a district school or a private school? Yeah, we, we did a lot of research. Um, for me, the academics are very important to me. So always have been uh, school as well as, as college university. So I was looking for an academically strong program and we compared the public school options that were available to us as well as the private school and charter school options. Uh, we used, for example, standardized test scores, the state testing and st- other standardized test score results to determine what would, what the best options would be. And I, I would, I, I should note that we actually come from a place where the public school options are very good. They perform fairly well on some of these tests. So we had a, a good public school option. But when, when I thought about the, the whole student and what might be the best option for our children, uh, the, the Mountainville Academy, the charter school made a lot of sense, um, because they were able to focus on academic aspects that I valued, a strong uh, STEM program. In this case, uh, Mountainville is, has a STEM certification. So a strong math, science, technology, engineering program, as well as the smaller classroom sizes. So, you know, not, not knowing how, how our, our boys, how on how our, our girl and our, our children would react to this environment, knowing that there were smaller class sizes where teachers would be able to engage with them where they were and help them build their strengths, maybe address some of their, some of their weaknesses that, that was appealing. I didn't think that even, you know, even though the public school option was performing very well, you just never know how they're going, how the, how the kids will respond in that environment, in the, in the larger environment where the teacher just has a lot more to deal with. And so that, that was attractive. And then as I, as I mentioned, looking at the whole student, uh, when, when we think about a class like, um, those that are at Mountainville Academy, the offerings are not just academic offerings, but they're the social offerings, the, the student council, the athletic programs. We were in a situation where our children were academically pretty, pretty well off. And so we wanted an environment that would foster that, you know, build on that academic, uh, that academic excellence. At the same time, give them an opportunity to participate in clubs and social programs and student council and athletic programs where, and, and I hope that, you know, if he ever hears this, this, this podcast, I, I hope you won't feel bad about me saying this, but the, the 14 year old in particular, he loves, as an example, loves basketball. But given how strong some of the basketball players are in, in this area of Utah, probably wouldn't have made the team at the local public school. Uh, but in Mountainville, he had that opportunity. So Mountainville was a place where he could not only build on his academic strengths, but also try things that he may not have had an opportunity to try elsewhere. And he made the team and he played and he had a great time. And so building that whole student, you know, building on strengths, uh, a place where at the same time, maybe weaknesses are not an inhibitor for opportunities. Uh, so, so those two things together made helped us to address the whole student, you know, not just academics, but also social well-being, um, emotional well-being as well. That's great. Well, and being familiar with Mountainville myself, full disclosure, my children also went there for elementary school, did the leadership program. So they are a lighthouse school that does leader in me. Um, was that any influence to you or was that kind of a, a secondary or, you know, 
to the academics and to some of the other social things. Yeah, we definitely had a, a, a at least I did. You have you have a priority list. You, mm-hmm. you you really want to address the the academic excellence first, and then secondarily look at for me anyway. You know, look at the social programs and the leadership programs. And yes, it was important because as I just described, addressing the needs of the whole student, development of the whole student was important to me. Is there anything in particular that has stood out for you that you're like, oh, that was great? And on the opposite spectrum, is there anything like, oh, we need to improve this, or I, I would like to to see this change, even in general terms? Well, I can speak for our middle school experience, because I've had a daughter go through the the local public middle school, and then a son go through the middle school at Mountainville. And because it's much smaller, I feel like he's had a much better experience interacting with the teachers. If there are missing assignments or late assignments, I feel like the teacher's at Mountainville, partially because they don't have the class sizes and the class load, as the public school teachers do. They've just been able to stay on top of things a lot easier, and they are able to keep in contact and stay on top of the students as well. So I feel like, from as a parent, my experience, my the sanity, well, I was going to say a this... lot easier to deal <laughs> yeah. to deal with a, a charter school versus a public. Like a district school. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because yeah, that, that stress often does get transferred to the parent Mm -hmm. (laughs) in watching, you know, making sure those assignments are in and staying on top of it. So that's interesting. And I appreciate that at Mountainville every week they would say, okay, email your parents and you need to tell them what assignments you're missing and why they're missing. What are your grades? What, if it's not a grade that you are, you are proud of, what are you going to do to get that grade up? So even if I, I didn't have to check, I was receiving weekly emails from my son saying, these are my grades. You know, this is the reason why this is this way. So they were making, they were giving a lot of accountability to the students. And at the district school that, that they just, the teachers just don't have time to do that. Yeah. No, that's a great note. Anything you'd add to that Denver? Yeah. I I think that for us, the most challenging thing associated with sending our kids to the charter school is the fact that it ends at ninth grade. And so it becomes a question of what next. And it, it's not so much a, a, a weakness or maybe an opportunity to improve at, at the charter school per se, but there, there's a question of where does our child go next? Now, fortunately, with charter schools, we have choices. And I think that that's in general a valuable aspect of having the availability of charter schools is it gives you options. And what we determined is with our oldest, uh, with the girl, she was, she was the type of individual we thought would, would do well, uh, going to public, the, the public high school, the district district school. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. Yeah, the charter di- schools are public yes. schools. You guys, come on <laughs> the district high school and knowing, uh, how important friend groups, for example, would be, it made sense for us to transition her to the district junior high to develop a friend group that would then, move on to high school for our our middle child the the uh, 14 year old boy his personality is a little bit different and so it seems that he thrives better in the environment in which he is so we're choosing to leave him in uh, mountainville academy through ninth grade and then evaluate our options uh, we still you know it'll still be a question where, where's the right place to go but there are options and i, I feel like mountainville has prepared him to 
go to the next level, whether that is the, the district school or maybe uh, another charter school type of entity like a, a UCAS or another charter high school. We have that choice. And, and fortunately, we're able to kind of tailor where our children go based on their needs and based on their personalities. In counseling or giving advice to other parents, what are some pointers or tips that you would have when making those decisions? I mean, as far as how has that process kind of evolved? I mean, you have three different children and everybody comes with mm-hmm. their own unique. I think you have to take the needs of each child individually. It's not a one size fits all. Like how Denver commented that we sent our oldest daughter to the district middle school. I also think touring the schools makes a big difference and you can feel that you can see what kind of environment they're going into. What is the philosophy of the school? What is the school environment itself? You know, the, how do, how does you can, even though you're not spending a lot of time, but you can kind of see how people interact with each, with one another there. So I think that helps as well. So you can kind of tell the weather of a building. Yes. Like you can, you have a, a sense of feeling when you get in there. And I think that's a very valuable thing. Had you looked at other charter schools than Mountainville? Had, um, yes, we had applied because it's a lottery. Yes. And you're not guaranteed <laughs> a, a spot. We had applied to several other, okay. lot, other charter schools and also knew that if that didn't happen, then, you know, looking at what were our choices, the district school, I have to say, was last on our list for all options. But we had, and Christian actually had been accepted into a few of the, because being kindergarten that you have the easiest mm-hmm. chance of being accepted since everyone is, there are no spots filled yet. So he was accepted to a few of the charter schools. We just, we got lucky and, but we still, we felt Mountainville was the best choice. I think one of the advantages of going to a charter school is accessibility. So you, you definitely have a choice in charter schools. Charter schools will, will have strengths in different areas. And so you can often find a charter school that aligns well with your priorities. Uh, and then when you go there, uh, one of the benefits of a charter school is the accessibility of the administration of the other parents who are going there. You're sort of all in the same boat and all those parents are asking those same questions. And so they form a great resource to answer those types of questions of what's next. Often parents or administrators will have had experience in our, our kids went here and did well. Our kids went here and had this experience. And so you can ask those questions among the administration as well as the parents and, and figure that out. So let's talk about getting involved in the school. <laughs> so I, um, I did choose the Hansons because they've been highly involved um, in Mountainville, not just as um, parents that send their students there, but also as volunteers. Um, and Casey has been on the board. And I'm going to let you kind of maybe talk about some of your experience in just that evolution of starting it just as a parent, but then getting more involved and so involved now that uh, you're running the preschool. So (laughs) a little precursor. So talk about that evolution and how that's impacted your children's education um, and impacted just just yourself personally. Well, Mountainville really encourages volunteering. They They love the parents to come in and volunteer in any possible way that they can. And so I have volunteered as room mom or even just class party helper, reading helper. And so they, they have a kind of a goal of 40 hours per, per parent. And so I worked, I felt that was important as a teacher myself. I knew how much parents coming in and helping and volunteering was meant to a teacher. And so I tried to repay 
pay back some of that, knowing that I'd been helped as a teacher. And so I, I spent a lot of times in the kids' classrooms. It helps to get to know the teacher because then the teacher doesn't just see the child. You know, they know what, if, if the parent's concerned about anything that might be going on with their student. And then because of you, <laughs> you were on the board and then you were leaving. And so you told them you would fill. I might have recruited some. someone. <laughs> I got recruited to be on the board. But it, at first I was, you know, that's, you don't know what you're getting yourself into having never served on a school board before. And so I. W- but having a qualified former teacher who's very aware of the, you know, the system from that side. Plus I think you're a quick learner. <laughs> She's very intelligent. <laughs> that those are the kind of, I mean, the, here's a little recruiting tip. You know, if you want to be really involved in your school, get on the board because the information's there to help you through it. So yeah, yes. how was your experience on the board? <laughs> I, I loved being on the board and it really helped me to understand better the culture of the school there. I mean, we also have committees that are not just supported by the board. They, their parent volunteers are welcome all the time to sit on the committees so it really helps you to get to know the in and out of the school and you get to see, you know, the, the discussions that go into deciding which programs to use and how to, how, how they look at the, the numbers of the testing scores. And what do we do now? If, if we're lacking in an area, what are the, what's the best way that we can approach this and what are the supplies or the programs that we need to better support our students? And so I really enjoyed my time on the board. I felt like I really got to understand the director much better. And I just think she's amazing. And it just, I can, there's not the, nothing negative I can say about being on the board. Denver, is there anything negative you can say about her being on the board? <laughs> gone, gone a couple Thursday nights here and there. <laughs> yeah. You know, from a, an impact schedule, an impact perspective, no, it wasn't a burden. And I think that the value that we gained from it uh, the insight that we gained, the influence that we gained far outweighed the cost, which was, as you say, it really wasn't, wasn't much of a burden at all. Uh, so yeah, you know, the value <laughs> to benefit ratio was far in favor of value. Good. I, I include that because I think sometimes parents are hesitant. They're saying, Oh, I'm just a parent volunteer. I don't know, mm-hmm. but that's how a lot of us got started in charter schools. So, yes. okay. And well, also, I mean, any parent is invited to come to those school board meetings. It, it might, it's not, it may not be broadcast from the rooftops, you know, come to board meeting, but that's a great, if you want to know what's going on in your charter school, that's the place to be. I don't know any board that wouldn't welcome just a parent yeah. coming to find out information and, and learn. And there, most boards have public comment time. So if there is mm-hmm. something that you're passionate about, um, and all boards need to publish their um, agendas online. So you'll know what they're talking about first. So anyway, mm-hmm. just a plug for uh, being involved yes. on that level. <laughs> okay. So you're not on the board because <laughs> now you're doing something else at this school. So let's talk about that. So, and I, I mean, I know it's because of being on the board and having known the director, but they decided they wanted to start a preschool in their school and it, they thought it would be a great feeder for their kindergarten and so she approached me and said, I'd like you to start our, be in charge and run our preschool, which I had been teaching preschool at a different preschool. So I kind of, you know, having the education background and having taught preschool before, I thought that would be an amazing challenge. And it's been wonderful. So how many students do you have? This is incredible to me. So we, <laughs> we have two morning preschools and two afternoon preschools. We can, we have a total of 60 that can attend. That is quite a program. So you've built that from the ground up and, 
And I think that's, that's really special. So to just get that education started for those, mm-hmm. you know, that early education is so, so important. And we've seen that in a lot of legislation and yes. pre-reading. And now you have all these little, little children that are yours. Now, are you teaching? Are you running that? Or how does that work? So I'm the director, but I, we work, we work, we have school Monday through Thursday. So this last year we, we only had one afternoon class. And so because it was the first year, I did not teach the afternoon class. I taught in the morning with another te- and another teacher taught in the morning, the second morning class. And she taught the afternoon class and I needed that time to continue to get the program up and running this year. I'll be teaching morning and afternoon, and then I'll use Fridays to kind of do the director things. Oh my goodness. And then come home exhausted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. Well, one last question. How would you say that your children's time in charter school so far has impacted them? I think one thing, because we're not at the neighborhood district school, they have to step outside of their comfort zone a little bit to make friends because it's not their next door neighbor always that is in their classroom. And so I think it has helped them to step into the leadership role. It's helped them with, I mean, being a leader in me school, it's helped them to understand what is a leader. And I think it's also helped them to understand that academics are important. Denver, what would you add? Yeah, that's an interesting one. We we observed that the the friend groups where the friends are your neighbors might take, you know, maybe they develop a little bit differently, but I feel like our our children have still developed those local friend groups pretty well. And, and it's based on their personality. So our youngest, he will seek people out to make friends. Uh, the middle one, not so much. And so this is where I, th- I think it's, it's interesting when you talk about impact and it goes back to the comments that I made earlier about kind of the whole student. So uh, the middle one is much more, um, inward, doesn't like to, he won't go out and try to find friends. And yet he is on the student council at Mountainville this year and, uh, I tried for it yesterday and, and made what they called the Senate. Uh, as I said, he tried out for basketball. So I, I, I think that because at Mountainville, the, the groups are smaller and the cohort with which he's gone through school has been relatively consistent. He's developed friends at school and he's developed a level of comfort and trust that he's been willing to, to try things. And I, I, I don't know that he would have tried those same things at the district school because it, it is so large. So I, I think that, as I said, he's he's been able to really develop not only his strengths, but take some things that may have been more more challenging for him to develop, and it's created an environment where it was safe for him to try those things. And as a result, he, he's better. He he has built confidence, and he does try those things. Those things, and he does have a good uh, friend group there. Is there anything that you feel like I've missed that we need to let people know about? choosing a school or identifying your children's needs? I think you need to do your research to know, uh, you know, what are their strengths, but also very importantly, they need to know when does the lottery open? When do, you know, I mean, Mountainville's lottery opens up in November. So if you're looking in March or April trying to decide, do I want to send my child to a different school? You may not be out of, you may be out of luck. And yeah. so you need to start if you're if you're curious, you need to start now and you need to find out dates, you need to take school tours 
because what's right, what's the best fit for us may not be the best fit for other families. And they're one of the great things about this area in which we live. There are so many other options that you could, it's, it would be, it's a, a good chance to find what's right for your kids. The research is critical because with so many choices, not all schools will do all things well. Schools will inevitably have strengths and weaknesses and understanding what those are uh, and and understanding not, not only what they are from the statements that the school makes, but understanding what those are from based on comments from other people, I think are, are critical. It's uh, it, it's a benefit and that we have a lot of choice and we can find a school that will address the needs of our of our individual children. There is a small price to pay for that, and that is having to do some due diligence to find out what what is the right school for that child. Yeah, due diligence and sometimes a little wait in a carpool line. Yes, but <laughs> come on, we can all handle that. There's great radio. There's great podcasts you can listen to. I happen to know a few. Well, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate being with Denver and Casey Hansen and learning about their three children that have attended Mountainville Academy. Thanks for listening in today. The Utah Association of Public Charter Schools is a nonprofit organization that provides training, advocacy, and technical support to promote excellence in Utah's public charter schools. Learn more about us on our website at utahcharters.org.